This is Lauren. This is Trey. And this is the Partnership Podcast. Hello. The audio is screwed up on this one. It gets really, really flat at the high parts. It's not you. It's me. I screwed it up. I immediately went to self-blame, but I didn't go to rage. So I didn't yell fuck as loud as I could in the basement, which I'm pretty stoked about. This is Hillsong Part 2, the Hulu documentary. And then there's a little bit of bonus material. So don't turn it off too quick. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Holy shit, look at us. We did it again, the beginning of a new podcast. Happy Monday look to Happy Monday to my broad. It's not Monday. It's it's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to my life partner. <laughs> Favorite wife. Yeah, my first wife. Anything other than my wife. My practice wife. I told you this yesterday, but the the comments are pouring in. Like yeah. twelve? What do you what do you mean pouring in? Seven. It just sounds much more fun to say the comments are pouring in. Yeah. Other people agree with my my Seven feelings. My feelings. Other people agree with my Yeah, the the ownership a friend said that it's always felt subordinate. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh, that's the good word." Cool. Subordinate. Okay. Um I get that where it's like that reminds you of it even though that's not reality. It's, and it's not your intention. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. We talked about this. We words a, of a words of a okay. We we took a hike yesterday. I see it as like, even though wife isn't derogatory, it no. could be the intention of it. I get it, where it reminds you of something else. So, what do you want me to call you? Not wife, or like no, not you in? Can, you can so do it. You can so do it. I. It's funny giving voice to something instead mm-hmm. of just letting it like stir around like in my psyche. This is Lauren. I hit that. Oh. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, it sounds It like... implies sex, but it sounds like I actually beat you. There's another example of the same thing. Yeah. What's that? Just like a word not meaning. This is my sex puppet, Lauren. Ooh. No. Also sounds like we have a transactional Let's experience. start this over. <laughs> hey, You good never started over. Hey, good morning. Happy Whenever Tuesday. It's me. Whenever you start it over, you don't. And Happy then Tuesday. The, it's me. Then the inappropriate things end up on her. I'll tighten it up. Already it. off the fucking rails. I love it. Um, I was just going to say in regards to this, and then we can actually get to the podcast, although these become my favorite parts, that we took a hike yesterday and one of our conversations on the hike was just about, yeah, things being different than what we perceive them to be. And it, it works in with that wife word too. So cool. It's a fine, it's a fine word. What did we do on that hike? What was one of the highlights? <laughs> How was the hike for you? Hike was great. What was one of your favorite parts? <laughs> Are we really going there? No, we can move on. Let's move right on. No. I feel like that's... Inappropriate? This is, this is why people listen to this podcast. They want to know this juicy information. <laughs> okay. Um, Hillsong documentary. No, we can't skim over it like that. They'll kill us. We had sex on a bench. <laughs> It was really fucking good, too. Have we had sex on a mountain before? Yeah, we've had sex on mountains. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We climb all the tallest mountains just to fuck on there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was like nobody nobody was on the trail. And it was we just kind of found an isolated spot. And we had consensual Mm -hmm. sex Mm -hmm. on a mountain. But here's the highlight. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that usually 
And my, yeah, clients know this and our audience knows that I talk about often that vulva owners, we, we have a little hard time, harder time, like getting our nut, as you would say. Yeah, getting that nut. Uh-huh. In a crazy place, like, I don't know, on the side of a trail. I get it. Um, it's just how our anatomy is built. There's nothing dysfunctional. It's just that we are, we're more complex. We got, we got fancier anatomy. And so I was determined, we've, we have had sex in the outdoors before because I, I love it. Um, when it's safe, we're not, we're not about that exposing ourselves life. This, that's not what we're about. Mm -hmm. It's for us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I've never orgasmed in the outdoors ever, Mm -hmm. ever. And so. What was I determined to do this time? Come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Did I? Yeah, you came Yeah, wholeheartedly. It was a hearty come, honey. Wholeheartedly. It was a thick come. Yeah. So, <laughs> gross. Gross. Um, yeah, because penis centers are just, it's a lot easier and faster and more just, like, it can happen. Like, it, there's just, there's this tipping point between anxiety and excitement. Yes. Yeah, because I don't want to be seen by anybody. No, no. I... Yeah, I, this isn't an exhibitionist thing mm-hmm. that would kill everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a fine line between like paying attention to your surroundings and then pleasuring your partner. Uh, In the great outdoors. Yeah, to all, with all leaps and bounds. In the great outdoors. Okay, moving on. Hillsong? I can't believe we talked about that. Hillsong Part 2? Hillsong Part 2. Okay. All right, what Let's questions do you I have one I have big question for kind you. That's of it. Two for you. Okay. Um Oh, you you go first, I'll sandwich, then you go last. You okay. sandwich, I'll provide the meat. Great. I think that survivors like me who've come out of worlds, churchy worlds, can fall into this place I know I have and this is why this question is directed to you is that you helped me out of this place okay so this is something we've talked about before I went to this place of oh it's it's the church that's corrupt like they are the most corrupt there's nothing else in the world as corrupt as that I am curious if you believe that the church is more like that that is the most corrupt if you see similar corruptness in other fields, places, I feel like you have a more balanced view than someone who's been on the inside, right? This is the view that I've had. The Hillsong doc, we finished it out. We saw a lot of sad things, Mm -hmm. a lot of sad things. Do you think that's unique to church cultures? Or do you think that that level of sexual impropriety, harm, greed is unique to the church. I don't know. I can't speak to all, like all church culture. I didn't grow up. No, uh, I don't want you to. Do you, I mean, do you just think in the world the church is the darkest place or do you see that type of corruptness in other sectors in the world too? I don't want to speak in absolutes. I don't want to say always or this is the most. Um, it... I mean, it's, it's, the Hillsong was run like a business. So you could extrapolate it out to the business world. Um, and then in business, you can have great employees and uh, great managers. And if the, say, executive leadership is shit or 
bad, um, it's it's going to trickle downhill. Mm-hmm. And in Hillsong, this for-profit megachurch, mm-hmm. the executive leadership protect this money machine under the guise of God at all costs, even to the point where he was covering uh, decades of molestation by his father. That's what came out in that. And then he actively covered it up. And then when he was under oath in a court of law, it was, I didn't know. I didn't know. And um, so it's, it's a culture of silence. So it depends on who your leader is. To answer your question, hmm. it depends. In I know you know a lot about different sport worlds, right? That's kind of like your background. Is there a similar culture of silence in athletics ever? Yeah, there can be, 100%. Mm-hmm. This can apply to any corporation. Okay. Or this can apply to any yeah, any structure of when people get together. And you think the silencing benefits the people in power? Yeah. Because hmm. it covers up their improprieties. And then it like the, the machine keeps rolling on. It's like, we got to keep this thing rolling. We got to get to this. We got to get to this. And then, you know, uh, it's like win at all costs. So, um, yeah. The reason I ask is that I think individuals, you said this on our last recording, we want belonging. We want community. Mm-hmm. And so there's this tendency, I think I've seen, I've observed, to jump from church into another system sure. because it feels comfortable. And it's like, well, since this isn't the church, this won't happen here. Well, That's it's a rebound, right? It's like when you jump out of a relationship, mm-hmm. you go into another, you rebound. Mm-hmm. So it's rebounding into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I would hope, if I could wave a magic wand, right, is that we'd all learn, like, okay, what was going on in this system? How can we not repeat behaviors? How can we call it out in other spaces? Mm -hmm. How can we um, seek to not be a part of systems that do that? Maybe that's impossible. Maybe that's like really like, I don't know, very like altruistic of me. I I don't know. I mean, it's happened a bunch. It's it's what, uh, you know, it's why America declared its independence Mm -hmm. and broke away from England. Right. Because those boys were being bad boys, and they were trying to tell us what's what. And we said no. Yeah. And then we just went and did it over and over and over again. What? Like, made more kings to worship. It all repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so that was really my question. Is, is the type of corruption we saw in the Hillsong Dock unique to churches and you would say no no okay Uh uh-uh no and it seems like uh yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's one percent or ten percent or point one percent i have no idea but these things come out what aren't there five of these a year at this point And it's pretty standard where it's like one guy, he's the Messiah, everybody follows him. That guy ends up fucking everybody, everybody. literally having sex with everybody, and then most people die. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Then it repeats itself again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. I, you are the one that actually brought that up to me years ago. Um, Because I think I was shitting on, for lack of a better word, my church structures of origin. Sure. And I think you looked me in the eye. (laughs) You were like, babe, this, this happens other places, you know. And it was a really, it was a freeing moment for me to go, oh, I'm a choice maker, (laughs) right? Like, I think we want to point fingers. We want to point blame, right? We want to say it's your fault. It, oh, this person, that person. And it's like, uh, sure, they, they deserve, they should have the responsibility for the harm they caused. And humans will create systems of power, of structure that uphold someone in power because it makes them feel more comfortable. It's this whole like upholding of the patriarchy or whatever system, whatever system. Um, yeah. And it, it was good. You like shook me out of victimization a little bit. Cool. And it was, it was helpful then. And I hope this little bit of dialogue is helpful for anyone else who's come out of a church system, which we definitely have listeners on this pod. Sure. Who've okay. done that. Okay. My turn. Okay. Um, in the documentary, uh, everybody would go to preschool in Australia to this college to learn, you know, how to do the Hillsong way. So there was this young woman, I believe from, I could be getting some of this wrong. She was in her early 20s. She was from Brooklyn Mm -hmm. uh, or some part of New Mm -hmm. York City. She went over there and she had grown up in the church. And everybody said, like, God got you. Go on over there. Learn how to, you know, be a great priest. And she was a woman. And she was pulled aside with a bunch of other female uh, priest participants and told that please be careful of how you dress because you're going to make your brothers stumble. And her reaction was, what the fuck? So let's assume, let's just assume for this conversation that this was the first time that she heard this in her entire life. Now, two questions. When was the first time that you heard it as a Christian? And what are your thoughts on that that's a good question have you been like excited to ask that question I've been a little excited babe. part one when did I first hear that it was my responsibility to quote keep my brothers in Christ from stumbling I believe I was 11 years old because that's when I began menstruating and I started a crazy growth spurt. I was this height, I'm five, almost nine, and I was this height by 13 years old. So 11 to 13, I was growing like a weed Um, and I was 11, sorry. And I remember until this moment, like my body was like a, like a kid, like I could climb trees and I could do all this stuff. And I I didn't think about the length of my shorts or the tightness of my shirts. I wore like the things that I wanted to express myself in. Um, And then like all of a sudden it was 
you can't wear those to church. Like I remember a night that I was going to go to church and like the evening services at our church, we were there so many times a week were more casual and everybody wore shorts and no, I couldn't wear those. Um, and then all of a sudden my shirts couldn't show the curve of my breast, like that I had breasts and I didn't have breasts. I mean, I'm like an AB cup now. I mean, they've always been the same. And, um, then all of a sudden my bathing suits had to get like, I had to wear shorts with every bathing suit and they always had to be a one piece. Um, I remember I had a sleepover once around the same time as well. And I went like this with my hair and my parents said, where did you learn that? And they said, you're doing that to draw attention to yourself and to cause boys to look at you. Um, I was a baby, you know, like, and I didn't know then what I know now about that is sexualization. And I was being sexualized as a child. Um, I didn't know then that it was not my fucking responsibility to keep other humans from being responsible for their actions towards me. It's not my responsibility whether or not Jimmy and John and Jake masturbated that's their responsibility, but it was made to be mine at 11 years old. The baby, uh, my kid is 12. Yeah, it's just, it's bullshit. So yeah, the fact that she hadn't heard about that until she went to a college, I thought, how in the world did she get away with, yeah, I had, I had entire books like this thick on modesty. What did it lead you to? What were, how did it guide your actions? Weirdly for me and my clients all have very different experience of the, the experiences of this. But for me, it kind of led me to this holier than thou mentality too, which was really gross. Like if I saw another girl, this is like a policing, right? A policing of bodies. I became a policer of bodies. Like... Well, she's such a slut, right? Her shorts are fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine are a decent, modest length, right? Or my shirts do this or that. It was like, which is so strange because in the Christian Bible, it says like, don't follow the letter of the law. It's about the spirit of the law, right? It's about like the heart of this thing. It's not about that at all. And that's what it led me to was kind of this holier than thou way of expressing myself. Did you ever feel any shame about your body? How I, it was developing? I let it led me to thinking that anyone who saw my body and was attracted to my body was sinful. Gross. Like why would they show me attraction like that? And so I gravitated towards people who didn't seem to stumble over my body, i.e., my gay friends in the theater. Okay, so you had crushes on gay men? Yes. Well, in their defense. They're incredible humans. Just saying. I am very aware that it became the safest thing for me because I had been truly taught that, quote, boys wanted one thing, right? And 
weirdly that it was my job to like protect my purity. Like so weird. It's like, it's not like, oh, it's their job not to force sex on you. Right. It was my job to keep from tempting them to force sex on me. Like how fucked up. I'm sorry. Like that is, that is disgusting. And that's exactly what they were doing to her, right? They pulled those women apart to be like, listen, these men have really high callings. They're going to go on to be amazing pastors in the world. So if you could not tempt them to sexual sin, yeah, that'd be your responsibility. Thanks. Same fucked up way of looking at things. Like, no, I I was a kiddo. Do I think that women... People with boobs and vulvas can absolutely use their bodies to tempt and manipulate if they want to. Can they use sex as power? Hell yeah. Yeah. Do I use my body on you sometimes to get the sex that I want? 100%. I'm not saying that I don't know how to use this body to get what I want. Okay. But here's the problem with that whole thing is that we tell women that like, that's what they're always going to be doing, right? That, and so then they do as well. It's like this, give a kid a label, they will fall into it. So you usually see out of purity cultures, one of two things, either the holier than thou, like me, this kind of like stuck up nose in the air thing and following everything to a T or swinging the other way. It's like, fine. You think I'm a slut? Let me show you how sexy I am. And you, you don't see people take responsibility for their own sexuality. I'm not saying that like sex can't be used, right? Like I'm not saying that people can't tempt. You tempt me all the time to sexual behaviors. I do push-ups. I do a lot of push-ups. And like in front of me too, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. y- you'll do things. We know how to use our bodies. Air squats, jumps. <laughs> Sounds like, like a workout regimen mm-hmm. in front of your lady. Anyway, I didn't mean to get so passionate. Maybe you knew I was going to get passionate. I knew. I knew this was like a good like three to four minute like. She's going. I knew it, honey. I just. I know how to tempt you. I know how to make you stumble. Okay. Thank you. I feel anything like else a... with the it. In my mind, it's like oh, you're you're shaming a little girl in her like most vulnerable years. Holy shit, when you're going through puberty, it's like, don't fucking look at me. Everybody's out to get me. My body's like, where are these, why do these hairs come here? My first time I saw like pubic hair, I freaked out. I shaved them off. I used my mom's razor. Mm -hmm. I was like, gone. Uh Uh-uh. Not on my watch. (laughs) So, Can you imagine if you tried to keep that up? You hairy man. Who says I won't? (laughs) <laughs> who says you don't you mean no who says i won't like okay i'll fucking i'll get rid of all of it um yeah it's okay all right thank you i there was a second part to your question it was like one how old was i and then two what like what are the ramifications of it oh, you got it okay. you teed yeah. it you teed yeah. it up the ramifications are monstrous okay let's wrap this up with my closeout question do you think that Carl Lentz's wife should have stayed? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, this is what I think of Carl Lentz from watching him on television, on television. which you can't, you can't learn shit about no. a person. That was produced and yeah. 
refined yeah. and he had years and years because this happened, what, five, six years ago? No, two. Two years ago? 2020. Yeah, that's right. Shit. 2020 is when it all, when all the shit hit the fan and he mm-hmm. got fired. Um, I, I, I thought he took responsibility mm-hmm. for his actions and I thought he was truthful and I thought what he tried to do was just be brutally honest and bring all the truth to the light and say, this is what I was and this is what I was doing. And I think that's very healing. Mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, her staying, that's her choice. And I'm just assuming that that man had to do a lot of work and apologizing to keep his wife. And he didn't have to do that. And she didn't have to stay. So she's probably having to do a shit ton of work too. Mm-hmm. Um. And they ultimately still sleep in the same bed. And uh, he gaslit her too. And he said it in the documentary. He said, or maybe she said it. It was like basically I was getting gaslit where Mm -hmm. they were Mm -hmm. fooling around and I caught them once. And they said, no, we weren't doing that. You're crazy. Ask it one more time, babe. Do you think she should have stayed? God, that's so, it's such a personal question Mm -hmm. because it's so it's such a huge violation of boundaries. Um, do you think she's? I could. I don't, I don't know. I would, mean, that's. Would you have stayed if you had slept with our? Well, how? With our our be- nanny, like our manny, our beautiful manny, and told you you were crazy when you thought huh. it was happening, and had a successful career where okay. I drug you on stage. Well, what's up with and this guy's said, resume? Like, how tall is he? And said, like, this is my husband, everyone. This is my husband. What kind of jawline does he have? Is You're he charming? I'm getting off point. Can he catch a football? I know we're speaking to your deepest fantasies. Shh. Not keeping Stephen my deepest fantasies. Don't you dare put that out there. You put it out there that I, want that I some, had like, sex on a bench. That I don't want some, <laughs> you know, tight end looking motherfucker. <laughs> Run a quick slant on my wife. Um... I'll knock it off one more time. Would, would, uh, okay, you're, oh, wow. Fuck. I would immediately go to, like, what did I do wrong? If you came to me crying and, like, confessing that you would, I don't know, slept with a guy on, like, a trip or something, I would have been like, holy shit, what have I done wrong the last six months or the last year? Um, Then I'd probably get mad then I'd probably get silent. Oh, God, I'd be really mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd immediately go to like, how did I, yeah, I'd immediately go to like self-blame where it's like, how did I not see this coming and what have I not been providing Lauren that she needed to go get somewhere else? Um, Shit. It depends, honey. It depends. It, I mean, it depends on your actions. Like, you're the love of my life. And I really like our life together. I really don't want that to happen. And that goes both ways, okay? Yeah. Right. I don't get to go out there and be flippant. No. no. Um, let's make it, yeah, let's make it even more awkward in the room. What if I went out there, yeah. you know, Russian supermodel? Mm. She's calling. She's showing mm-hmm. up. And she's like, Trey, be with me. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, this was a mistake. This was a one-time thing. You need to get back in your portion leave. Mm. 
Yeah, I think there'd still need to be natural consequences. You know, I love that you said this was her, you know, that they're choice makers. And, you know, for me, who was gaslit for a really long time, um, I'm, why are you laughing? I'm not gay. I'm just tired. I'm tired for a decade, okay? Right. We'll have sex tomorrow. I think the thing that a it, decade did, later. it did to me Sorry. was made me feel. Sorry, yeah, you're the man. Truly insane. And I can never go back to that place. So there would, for me, and I, thankfully, due to my decade of previous experience, I have, I've thought through this question, um, there would be immediate ramifications, whether it's one, like one of us would not be sleeping in this house immediately, immediately. Um, ah, fucking kill me. Yeah. Natural consequences immediately. This is a great talk. That would... Turn off the fucking alarm. This uh, this is a great talk. Is that like just even the thought of that would crush me? Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. And it it would be less about my love for you, and I think this is where it gets so convoluted. It would be more about the honoring of who I am in my humanity, and yeah. I would want you to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, because it's usually not about the other person failing. <laughs> That's the funny thing, mm-hmm. right? It's usually about the other party's need for. Esther Perel nails it, okay? Spontaneous, surprise, adventure, yeah. all of these types yeah. of things. When you read the literature, it is less about the partner failing, mm-hmm. more about the other person's discontent in some area and desire for adventure and intrigue. I even read you that quote the other day, right? That so many marriages are full of like security and the mundane and the everyday yeah. and people don't know how to bring the surprise in. Correct. And... That's what joy and honor I get to have that I get to help people incorporate that in their lives. Maybe like goofs aside, it's important that we share those things because we had a really exciting sexual adventure yesterday. Yeah. And like we get to do that. My cup is so filled up. I don't need that anywhere else. We literally had that conversation because we took a hike right um, when you were first considering moving in 2019. And... Is it okay if I share this? You were you were not interested in monogamy at not that, that point. Not at that time because every monogamous relationship I had ultimately fails. Yeah. And it ultimately like, I get, yeah, where it's the same thing where I, I, I thought I needed to go out and just fuck random women. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we, it is such a priority to us that we keep creativity and adventure and intrigue and naughtiness and play and first time like feelings with each other all the time. Like that's just so integral to our lives. The biggest game changer we're talking about this was I get to share my imagination with you um, unapologetically and without shame. And you get to do the same thing with me. And it's so hot. And who coined the term creative Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Creative non-monogamy? Just creative monogamy. Creative monogamy. Yeah. Where we get to share our fantasies involving other people. Fucking, whoa, you're thinking about that? Yeah, everybody does, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't, we took the shame away from it. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting when you take shame out of things? How did I not fucking know this before? When you start taking the shame out of things, it's mind-blowing. It's funny. Uh, it's it's Pride Month right now. Yeah, and I had Shout this crazy realization that that is in essence the celebration of Pride Month is saying fuck shame. 
we are here with our gender expression, our sexual attraction, our romantic attraction. We will not be put in a dark closet told that that is shameful. We will bring it out and we will parade it through the streets and we will normalize it as a healthy sexual expression. Not harmful, right? This is what we've spent so much time about. There is a difference between destructive and harmful sexual behaviors. Those do exist. I need everyone to understand that this sexuality educator believes that sex can be used to manipulate and and be yucky. It can. And research shows that the more things more you eradicate shame, the more you're like, no, this, tell me more about your sexual desires. Mm-hmm. The more it's put out there in the light, the more it's like, oh, values led, ethics driven, celebrated, not shamed. It's like, tell me more. The moment you say like, tell me more. It's like, oh, you, you want to know me? Mm-hmm. That's not shameful. I don't need to feel guilty about that. Yeah, you're meeting my sexual energy. Yeah. So I. It's really exciting. I think that's what Pride Month is, and I'm so proud of all of those who are choosing to say, no, this is me, with my sexual attraction or lack of it, right? It's also a celebration of, like, asexuality, which should be seen and known because, right, folks also end up in marriages like mine with a person who truly is asexual, and then that other partner thinks, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with someone who is partner to an asexual human, right? That's These are the reasons that Pride Month is so important, is the education piece and the like eradication of shame. Um, but yeah, I think that if one of us chose to break our relationship agreement, there would need to be, because you are deserving of respect and honor as am i there would need to be natural consequences let's make an agreement that we can't stay at our favorite hotel if it ever happens oh yeah wouldn't that be like wait they're staying there that's their punishment we should pick a nasty hotel here in lynchburg tent a tent a tent you gotta go in the forest yeah (laughs) you gotta go in the forest yeah (laughs) thanks babe i i agree with you it would be so catastrophic it's funny you always say like people won't pay for counseling but they'll pay all the money for a divorce attorney or what, what you're saying yeah yeah it's uh cory wayne saying yeah it's um yeah you won't find time for therapy and counseling but you'll find time to go visit the divorce at the attorney so i i could apply that same phrase like people won't have these uncomfortable conversations about the people they're attracted to while in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. right but they'll go cheat on their partner yeah so thanks for having these convos with me Thanks for exciting moments in the woods on hikes. Mm-hmm. And thanks for watching Hillsong with me, truly. It was fun. It, it was, was dark. It was dark and good. Yeah, it really was good. And I, mm-hmm. I do think that Carl took responsibility. Again, it's produced. I don't know. But I'd love to work with them. Yeah, I wish those I wish those two the best. And that mm-hmm. motherfucker who was covering up the sexual, all those the decades from his father. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's your dad. I'm sorry, it's your church. Mm-hmm. Call it out. Yeah. Call it out. Save the lives of children. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on that happy note. <laughs> on that happy note. Thanks for watching and or listening to the Partnership Podcast with Lauren and Trey. If you would like to dive into any of the subjects that we discussed today, any of them, sex in the woods, leaving purity culture, 
talking with your kids differently than how I was spoken to. You want to talk to me about fantasy football? <laughs> Any of those things. Um, go to www.sexedforyou forward slash free consults. And I'd love to chat with you in 15 minutes. We can chat, see what's up with you. I can tell you how I work with clients and go from there. Please remember that all of the opinions, and there was a bunch of them shared today, are ours and only ours. We encourage you to form your own watchdogs, have conversations with your partners, and yeah, let these awkward and uncomfortable moments into the room and into your relationships. Remember, it's not a how-to. Surprise. Surprise. It's us again. We're back. Yeah, it's us on our own podcast. Surprise. Look upon your face. Is that that song? We're going to get fucking flagged for copyright if you keep it up. Oh. Mm. We're back. We're back. We couldn't We couldn't stay away. So last night we were watching Ted Lasso. And a term came up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I paused it because I've been thinking about this and whether or not you did this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how to differentiate between this thing and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were like, save it for the pod. Save and then, the pod. then you rolled over and you were like, emergency podcast? Yeah. Tomorrow. This is our very first emergency podcast. Very first. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that we recorded yesterday. So we're going to tag. I think we should tag this on. Great. One. Okay. Okay. So the term that was shared. You want to go for it? Love bombing. Can you explain it to the listeners and viewers, please? Yes, and I wish I had taken the time to look this up, but I was explaining to Trey that it is, this is what happens in the sex ed and relationship ed space. There'll be terms that are around for a really long time, and then all of a sudden they kind of have a resurgence, like people will attached to them for instance attach- like fashion yeah attachment theory for instance will kind of come around once every couple of years as something that's really helpful to folks so right now the term love bombing has been really helpful to folks and so i am seeing every sex educator in the space create graphics with it they're describing it as large displays of affection in the early stages of courtship that are used to manipulate and do not accurately reflect the level of commitment, interest, um, intention behind in the heart of the giver. Usually, it is followed by a desertion or a ghosting, you could say that term, and the other person who is on the receiving end is left like, completely shocked. I think Esther Perel would describe it in her TED talk. She talked about this concept of like, in the beginning of a relationship, you feel really close, all of these things. And then all of a sudden, that closeness is the thing that's that turns you off and Mm -hmm. sends you away. I think it has to do with shock or childhood wounds. Okay. Um, But I so we're watching Ted Lasso, we won't give any like we won't do any spoilers, but there's some love bombing in a relationship or somebody is, presumes, guesses. Can, can you give an example of love bombing? Mm-hmm. Well, or just, have you ever been love bombed? Or, or is that too close to like our segue of too close. the big question of did I did you? love bomb you or did we? Did you love bomb me or did we love bomb each other Right. at our first courtship? Right. Okay, really good definition. Should we go right into us or should we yeah. continue to talk about like the theory of it? So let's 
Do you want to talk about what was seen on the show? I, I don't think we have to give away any spoilers. A character receives Great, yeah. what? You tell new, me. Okay, new relationship. So two people started dating each other and lots and lots of gifts. So one person would give these actually extravagant gifts like an office full of flowers or uh, a first edition book that was very valuable. So these expensive, big gifts. And then a friend of a friend, the friend of the friend of the new relationship person says, you're getting love bombed. And that's where the term came. I didn't read this in anything I stumbled into recently, but I wonder if there's often a differentiation of power too. In this scenario, the one person who's doing the love bombing has lots and lots of resources. Right. Meaning they're very wealthy. Right. So they have the means to do this Mm -hmm. with a click of the button or a phone call. Okay, cool. Now let's get to our story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I am intrigued by this. Because I think, gentle audience, for all intents and purposes, I think you could absolutely say that you loved Bond me in the beginning. Like, I think an outside person would we gotta, be like... We got we to gotta go through this scenario. Okay. Okay, real quick, we got to go through the cliff notes of us. So we met in San Diego. I mm. drove down. She was staying at a hotel for work. We ended up having a great date, spent the night, lots of orgasms. The morning, I br- I bought breakfast. That was my first love bomb. We went and walked and had coffee. We had a hard time saying goodbye to each other. And luckily, you had a couple of days in Southern California. So what I did halfway is I booked a hotel, like a really beautiful five-star hotel uh, in California. We spent two nights there. Uh, I paid for everything as far as like the hotel, the dinners, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, went our separate ways, having said, I love you, I love you too. Mm. Good grief. Yeah. And then three weeks later, I, it, this was happened. This was, I happened to be going to my father's for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and you're like a three hour plane right away. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, you want to get dinner? So then I spent two weeks with you. We decided like, hey, let's give this a shot. I was uh, mobile in my work. I just need a phone. So I leased a place and we started life together. COVID hit. I freaked out. I went home uh, to like restart my life. Missed you terribly. Completely miserable. And that's where we're at. Okay, so in the initial things, does that qualify as me love bombing you? Okay, but you also did other things. Like what? You also would send me gifts. I did, yeah. I sent you high heels that you still have, like really high, high heels. Fuck. She's like 6'3 in them. I got a height bias. What can I say? He likes it. I got a height bias. What can I say? Um, We all have core erotic themes, babe. Did I send you any other gifts? You... Then you sent me a gift. You sent me a frame photo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not, you're not clean in this mess. <laughs> She's giving pouty face. She's giving pouty face to the camera. <laughs> Audio um, listeners miss out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you sent me that frame photo, which mm-hmm. I st- is right it's right there. It's literally in I frame. I don't know if it's in frame. Uh, yeah, th- maybe. Okay. So you sent me that. Um, what else? 
Uh, cards. You'd send me cards. Yeah. You'd send me handwritten cards. Okay. And we, like, babe, once we met, there was three weeks when we were apart. Uh, and then there was, like, maybe two or three weeks when we were apart, and then we were together. When you got here, you bought lots of kitchen stuff. Does that count as love bombing? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, when I got here, uh, my uh, my partner in crime, my POC, because I can't call her my wife, um, she didn't have any, like, pot, like, pans, like... It was like she'd cook everything out of a Dutch oven and like, and like the, there was no steak knives or anything. So I wanted to make steak. So I got a, uh, I got a set of Cuisinart pans for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love bomb you with kitchen utensils. And a cutting board. And a cutting board. You didn't have a fucking cutting board. <laughs> Let's, little backstory. This gorgeous, in, in... competent, like alpha woman. And she doesn't have, like she's got like three knives and they're all butter knives. I had all of those things. You didn't and have then, any uh, good, uh, like, uh, uh, cutting knives either. In the either. divorce. Holy shit, In the divorce, everything gets split. When did you get divorced? In 2019. I mean, the, it was official, official in 2019. Like, when did you get separated? 2017. 2017. So you were just holding out for the lawyer to say you can have a cutting board? Listen. Listen. It's really complicated. Is that what, is that what was going on? That was in the paperwork? That was There were, there were deep negotiations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, you love bombing me with a cutting board. Divorced. She threw away my squatty potty one time when I was on the West Coast, <laughs> and I came back to the East Coast, and I go, where's the squatty potty? I, and she looks at me, and she goes, you weren't using it. You weren't using it. I was like, I wasn't fucking here. I think this, actually, that ties in really well. I don't like clutter and stuff. I don't like stuff. Okay. And me so neither. I think my one Dutch oven, when it was just yeah. a baby and I, yeah. was sufficient enough. You can boil water in it. You can make stuff in the oven in it. It's just really handy. And I was in a small kitchen. I did not have a lot of space. Where do we even put all those pots and pans? This wasn't a, this wasn't, she's describing like a Manhattan kitchen. This was a full size kitchen that she had. A small kitchen. This but we only did have one bathroom. Kitchen. And then you were not there and you weren't using it. And I, so I tossed. You're 100% Donated. Right. I wasn't using it. Don't need a squatty. Okay, so did I love bomb you at the beginning? We got to go back to the definition. So the definition is yeah, yeah, too many gifts too soon. Is that an accurate definition? Or like these big acts of like I have. Um, it reminds me of like I have means or I yeah. have um, yeah. Uh, I have choice or I have I have the means to do these things. Fuck the words escaping me. Don't you think it's a little? I can bit, provide. Yeah. Which I do think was a little bit of what you were doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can provide. Yeah. I think provision was really important to you. The hotel, I can afford yes. it. Yes. I, I, I didn't put it on a credit card. Mm-mm. I can afford this. Mm-hmm. And this is, what, this is also what I wanted. This is also what I dreamed about, See, too. See, this is where I think we differentiate. A, I think that when it's love bombing, this is my, this is my hot take, Okay. A, the person does not necessarily have the means, or it's being used, the gifts, the signs of affection are being used to win, draw the person to themselves. Or is it being used to hide other things about the person? Well, that's kind of what I mean, of look at this, not this, Mm -hmm. right? Look at this showy sign of love, Mm -hmm. not at my truest self. Not at this ugly thing that I think I'm trying to hide. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that all people have this ugly thing. I just think that that would be a huge concern and a huge red flag mm-hmm. if you were not getting to know this person as well. 
right? What their ins and outs, their how they handle conflict, the the work they've done on themselves or not done on themselves, the way they handle themselves around other people. Is it a means of control? Yeah, bombing. right. Okay. I mean, we've talked about this before. Betty Martin says to be giving is to be into con- in control. Yeah, true. To receive. In the first moment, in Ted Lasso, the first moment of like their, when they had a a push-pull, like there's the first moment of significant conflict where one said, I don't want to do this to the other, or I'm not comfortable with this, yep. where the other person spoke their truth. The love bomber said, mm, she stopped the conversation and actually put her shoes on and left left there was no more conversation it was like i don't i don't know if this is going to work that's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. and that was the first moment of because there were a lot of these like uh, what little red flags yeah. and then when it's time to be like hey we need to have a conversation like this and also interestingly enough the love bomber said you need to do this in this in this mm-hmm. uh scenario and the person receiving the love bombs were like i'm not doing that Right. And then it was like, I don't know if I can be here from the love bomber. Yes. Interesting. Which mm, gets into this, my wheel of consent, my favorite thing, right? The acts of service start with the person requesting the acts of service. We've talked about this with the rug, with the house, with all this stuff, right? It is not consensual to say, you have to do this because look at all these beautiful things I've Mm -hmm. given you. It is absolutely a form of control, which is scary as fuck. When I booked the hotel Mm -hmm. during our first... I asked, mm-hmm. I made sure and checked. I didn't say, hey, I'm doing this. You need to come, right? I don't think I did it that way. I did. That's you pretty scuzzy. You will do some things sometimes. This is why I think it's so hot that we're talking about this because you will say, I'm going to plan it. I'm going to take all the details. You meet me at this place. I invited you though. Like I didn't say you need to meet me. Mm. You gave Did you me- want to be there? You gave me the address to show somebody else for safety purposes, which I thought was really good. Initially, I asked, hey, do you have more time to spend with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not like you took me away from the aunt that I was going to Mm -hmm. spend time with. Mm -hmm. I totally did that. Okay. Thanks, aunt. It was consensual. Yes, and you will do this thing where you'll say, "Uh, let me take care of the details. Of course. And you'll do it all. Once right? I you'll get say, the, show up here. Once I get the green light of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Once I get the green light. the difference. What's okay. it called when you invite me into something? An, an invitation. Yeah. Once so I, like, once I get the, the invitation okay. accepted, I will lead the interaction. Right. I've been taught that. I've been coached up on that. Right. I've also been coached up on you don't buy gifts or like take people on trips that aren't your boyfriend or like committed lover mm-hmm. or girlfriend or committed lover mm-hmm. like you don't do it in the initial courtship. Okay. okay i've been coached up on so that. you just broke your own rules or it guidelines was, and principles no, or is it, you just like, loved me i mean so much. yes it was a gift but it was more of an experience versus like a material thing hmm. like getting you a necklace or mm-hmm. a diamond or something like that it was more of like this can be a wonderful experience mm-hmm. Because you gave me the gift of a wonderful experience uh, down in down in uh, downtown San Diego, um, and then it was literally in between us, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I remember you saying, like, not I broke my own rules. Use your own words, but yes, that mm-hmm. you had been 
it was a principle of yours because of how you've been co-chapped not to behave like that but that like time was of the essence yeah and you and it's so funny because you used to say this phrase and it used to freak me out and now i know more about this human design and your projector self but you would say but i've met my dream woman mm-hmm. and you would say it like in the beginning i don't know if you said it that weekend but you might have said it that weekend at the hotel it was probably hmm, okay i have no and idea the timeline it now, knowing you as this projector who has insight out the wazoo, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you weren't saying that to flatter me. You were saying that as like this statement for yourself. Go ahead. Pour your coffee. See if you can do it. Sorry, people. I'm no, so, I I'm want so, some of that steaming I'm hot coffee. So it's like sorry. 730 in the morning. I'm so fucking sorry. I. Okay. You, you tell. Okay. This is this is throwing her off with a podcast content. I can't talk. There you go, babe. There you go, honey. Get yourself a little. There you go, baby. Okay, so okay, getting back to it. Did I love bomb you? I just know that it was absolute. With the Nolan, interrupted me. You asked me a question with the our first date with the that I yeah that I. Because love bombing is specifically a bunch of gifts. I know. Okay. And I think you did a ton of that. And well, gifts, I think... well, we gotta we gotta define that. Gifts uh, is an experience. No, no. A gift also. Yeah, yeah. It's not just gifts. It's like I took you out to dinner. It's huge displays of affection. Okay. Uh, the biggest one or the most significant? Well, we said we loved each other. Once I like said, hey, let's let's plan on. Once once we said I love you, I love you. Then it's on. I don't think I think everything's off the table when it comes to love bombing. Oh, you do? Because then I'm I'm allowed to love bomb you. Oh, are you? Yeah. Then I, then I have a follow up of my absolute experience love bombing someone. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit. This is what's got me thinking. About yeah. Go this. ahead, babe. Yeah. Wow. Tell the people. <laughs> Tell just. Cliff notes. Okay. It has. It can be real general. Yeah. You don't have to feel those feelings if you don't want to. Either. No, it's good. Um, when Trey went back to the California IAs, um, and it's funny. I was explaining this to the best friend. I think my intent was that to sh- to make you proud of me. That I was not wallowing around in my sadness. That I was doing what you knew me to be, which was be a competent, competent human who moves in and through life with abundance mindset and all of these things. So ironically, I think my entire intent behind my six-week relationship with someone was to make you proud of me. To, okay. Because we had this one phone call where I was very sad. Um, and I think I tried to be a little sexy or something. You and I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said, babe, we can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. We had one phone call where we talked about like different people we'd slept with or something. And I, I was like, I can't do this. Okay. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got back on the apps. I started dating this guy about an hour away. Um, the very first weekend I met him, I like stayed with him all weekend with my daughter. And just was so affectionate. I don't have the, I didn't at that time have the resources to like monetarily love bomb someone. This is where I want to differentiate. 
but I loved bombed with like my time and my excellent ability to like intuitively care for someone. Um, and it was just instantaneous and it was all up front and I sent him pictures too. You saw some of them. Like I, I, I did things that I am so not proud of. I said, I love you to him. How many weeks in? Like a week or two. Okay. You're trying to, baby, you're trying to fix it. I know. You're just trying to fix it. Absolutely, in this case, does it have to do with control? Control of my life. Yeah, that's, yeah. You, You think it has more to do with you controlling you than you controlling him. Yeah, I don't think it was about controlling him. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where it does get interesting is that I do think I used all of those things to manipulate and control the situation, right? To, I mean, I like went camping with him in the very beginning. I'm not a camper. I just remember saying like, you're not really this person. Sorry, I just remember the best friend saying, you're not really this person and I it's like you know me I can morph like I can do my three morphy thing mm-hmm. um yeah but I'm not I'm not proud of it so I do think it's interesting to differentiate between the money thing and then I it was really horrifying when just humanity came out and he he wasn't you shocker and doubted my word, doubted my honesty, doubted who I was internally. Um, and I think I was so used to my dynamic with you by this point that this was horrifying to me. And yeah, so we had two big arguments and then a couple podcasts back, we talked about how you meanwhile were texting me. Um, and yeah, then I was just like, this is over. I mean, it, 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 something came to a head. He tried to control like how I was parenting my child. This was in the midst of COVID. And so it was clear that like, no, this really needed to end. But then it was just like over and done. Like the best friend was like, well, but you didn't manipulate or desert. And I looked at her and I was like, I a hundred percent deserted. So you love bombed with affection and words of affirmation and acts of service oh wow so it's not just a material thing yeah yeah wow and bless you i 100 percent think that mine was done to say look at this shiny self don't look at my truest self which was <laughs> just miserably missing you. Mm. I think in your situation with me, it was done out of this like abundantly true and trans. It was probably the most transparent shit you had ever done in your life. You like opened your heart up to me. You on that mountain on our hike, you shared your scariest stuff with me. Go ahead. I didn't mean to. We opened, we opened our heart up to each other. I felt like you opened your heart up to me. 100%. So we got to see, yeah, as truthful as we could be. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think 
we we would be not telling the truth if you didn't use gifts, acts of service to show me love. Mm-hmm. I don't think you used them to woo me or to court me. I to it was just a reflection of like how deeply you were falling in love with me. It was also a reflection of um what I always wanted. Mm. Like I always, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this thing in particular, like, cause the hotel is near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I always wanted to be able, yeah, I always want to be able to provide yeah. that to a very special person. Yeah. And I think if you had had it, I did like brutal honesty. I did. I mean, there, I'm sure there was something in there mm-hmm. where it's like, I can, this is what I can provide. Hundred yeah, percent. There's something in there, and yeah. I I should be brutally honest. I think that I also was impressed by it. Also enjoyed being taken care of. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it does get tricky, right? I enjoyed going to a five star five star hotel. Shocker, mm-hmm. right? I enjoyed being doted on, being cared for. I still fully enjoy it when you care for me. I think. I, yeah, I enjoyed having the most beautiful woman, you know, there next to me. Mm-hmm. Right, which could be very scary if all of a sudden the person's doing it to like tout around their arm candy. We weren't doing it to hide from each other or to mask mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what we really were. We were actually doing it to celebrate. Yeah, I sound like a douchebag saying it, but get to know each other better and really unmask the kind of the brutal honesty came out when I came to Lynchburg and say hey are we actually going to do this or do I just need to go home that's when it really came out where we had those hard talks or I mean like very difficult conversations yes about like my fears of monogamy mm-hmm. um yeah my fears of this like your fears of like is this too soon like I don't know you but we knew each other or you know no we really wanted to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's more accurate. Mm-hmm. And I do think we both discussed, like, this could not work. I, I do think... We ma- both discussed that. Mm-hmm. That's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. We weren't getting married. Mm-mm. We even I even asked you this the other day. Like, why did you get your own place? Because I, uh, I don't know, a place to hide or... Uh, mm-hmm. Like you had a ten-year-old daughter at the time, um, uh, I could kind of. Oh, uh, another one was like curate my own space mm-hmm. and then find my own friend group and have autonomy. Yeah, I okay. And I never, just... I'd never lived with a woman before, yep. and I just, I wasn't ready for that. No, so I, I think that's one of the big differentiations is. We and do you remember what I said about um, if you come here, you need to find your own community? I cannot be your everything. Sure, that was a big thing for yeah. us where we can't be each other's everything. Yeah. And then COVID hit, and then we were each other's everything. Uh, and you can't get good weed here. Oh my gosh, the amount of people who say, like, how's what's what's Trey doing with weed these days? Anyway, um, I I'm on a cleanse this week, but I've been thinking about it all morning. It yeah. keeps the demons away from me. We're getting off topic. Go I, ahead, though, babe. 
I don't want to make it look like we did everything right because I don't think I did this intentionally, right? I I just, I'm trying to suss out like how I would say that what you didn't, what you did or what I did was not love bombing, but maybe we just need to not, maybe it was. And maybe there was still, I was bound to determine to maintain my autonomy, individuation, and like my identity as a human. Me too, because the last relationship, I lost it. Yeah. So like, that was not going to be happening. The last relationship wasn't a two-way street. Nope. So same thing. I... I didn't want to lose my identity in this either. Mm-hmm. And also, we, we had done so much more work and we had gone through that where that was a big, I think we identified that individually in our own mm-hmm. work that we did mm-hmm. on relationships and on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we both said individually before we met, like, that's not going to happen again. Or I am not going to go down that road again. Mm-mm. I wasn't interested in it. So th- that's interesting, right? It's like externally from the outside, people could have thought 100% love bombing, both you two, both you two crazies. Internally, there was a different motivation. There was a deep understanding of our own values that we were not willing to sacrifice. I mean, to the point that you were like, I got to go home. And I was like, yeah, you do. I wonder if that shocked people from the outside, given now looking at us from the outside, right? These two little love bombers, if they were like, what? That doesn't mesh. But people couldn't see these types of conversations that we have been having from jump straight. If it was love bombing, it wasn't to show you the version of me that I wanted you to see. It was to, this is who I am. Whether or not I did that, that's always my intention. I don't want to morph. I don't want to be anything I'm not. I don't want to sell myself. And then I want to actually fucking be about that when I actually say that. Yeah. You said that to me when we got, when we got, what do you say? The law involved? The state involved? Yeah, the state, yeah, state involved. You said that like vows, it was so fascinating. I don't know if you even said this on the pod. Like you didn't want it to promise anything you weren't already providing for me. And I just remember that hitting so deeply because I thought in my previous marriage that like, ooh, once you said vows, like... This is going to be fixed. Yes, because you're married to the person. And you were like, I call bullshit. That was the hillside doc. The 23-year-old was saying, you know, I'm not going to fantasize about fucking other women now that I'm married. That's all going to be fixed. That Right? We didn't even talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 100% what I thought. Like, you get married and now that it's like ordained by God, everything gets better. And everybody's committed on a deeper level. Sad, sad. You, yeah, you never said that. And we truly were like burying our ugly and our things like early on. Early. Not burying, but we're showing it. Sharing, burying. Yeah, like like burying your soul. Um, And having. We wanted to get down further and further down the rabbit hole. Maybe love bombing has to do with we got to keep it right here on the surface. You need to see okay. me in yeah. this type of light. Yeah. And, and then and then, if you actually say like, hey, I'm seeing a bunch of ugly. We need to talk about it. Then maybe the love bomber goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh-uh. You're being. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, doesn't, this doesn't jive with me. Hmm. And I think that's why in the other relationship that I had while you were gone – 
it became, it was shocking to me because here I'm used to showering with affection and getting met with transparency and vulnerability and yada, yada. Instead, I got met with defensiveness and accusation. How did that person love bomb you or did they? Um, was it the same thing with they're time? They're in the too, so it was just like tons of acts of service, like just constantly wanting to serve me. Like I was like never allowed to make dinner, which is funny because I like cooking. Oh, she's such a good fucking cook. Um, Holy shit. And it was like, no, you sit there. Like, no, you go get in the bathtub. No, you do this. Mm. Um, I, again, and because you would ask me like, so shameful that we were talking most of the time, but you'd be like, is he caring for you well? And the answer was yes, mm-hmm. um, excepting when I would try to have these types of conversations and they were not present or they'd be met with resistance or I'd talk about counseling or therapy or yada, yada. Like, have you have you done this, oh, other human? Um, no, like, I don't need that. Dismiss, deflect. Yeah. Yeah. I got it figured out. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Thankfully, I came to my senses, but I I got to see how that don't work. It doesn't work to just show you somebody your it doesn't love bombing doesn't work. Um and I do think I it was a means of control and manipulation. I I won't speak for him ever. Like that's his to do. Um but Yeah, I love what you said. Ours was almost done out of an outpouring, out of an authenticity of who we really were. And it, you still do it today. There's, there has never been a cease. You still love Bami daily. And I think that probably means it's not love bombing. But yeah, what you, the things that you did day one, you still do now. Um, which is, yeah, one of the biggest, biggest joys of partnership with you. Not, it doesn't feel like spoiling. It feels like, um, yeah, the most authentic piece of you. And I think uh, maybe it's one of the reasons why too, we're so quick to pick up on when the energy is not flowing between the two of us. Um, because if I if the love bombing ceases, I'm like, ooh, something something's up. How do we bomb each other now? Um, prepping coffee for each other, surprisingly, in the evening. Acts of service. Uh huh. Um, touch, affirmation. Touch. Lots and lots of sex. Taking care of something like just without the other person like having to do it. I love bombed her with uh, pillows. Yeah. Recently, she's having some. She's realigning her hips right now, and so. She needs to be like rounded while she sleeps. So I just got on the Zons and I bought like four different like pillows that go under your butt this or is like perfect example. Yeah, like triangle pillows, and then I sh- I get to shower her with pillows. Yeah, like I mention one thing, mm-hmm. and then the next day, four pillows show up in mm-hmm. my bed, and then I go intercourse now. No, <laughs> now intercourse. You don't. How does your back feel? Does it feel good? <laughs> intercourse that's what i do and it's interesting sorry to bring up this human design thing again and again but now i'm also seeing that this is this is like a projector superpower the beatrice can sorry the baby can do the same thing and 
you guys can just see into a situation. And so maybe what others would perceive as love bombing is your ability to pierce, right? All I had to do was mention my sore hips and you said, how do you wish you could sleep? You like had me paint the whole picture. And then you were like, okay. (laughs) The next thing I knew, four pillars were in my house. That's, it's just a skill of yours. And so to like stomp on that and be like, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't show me, would be to rob you from showing your fullest expression of love. So a a calorie is not a calorie. You know, a calorie is a calorie. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm, a cookie's not mm -hmm, the same as a mm -hmm. piece of celery. And then a love bomb is not a love bomb. True. We're... Yeah, one size does not fit mm-hmm. all with the term. Mm-mm. So yeah, there's there's probably some mm-hmm. love bombing that has to do with concealment. Then there's some love bombing that has to do with taking off masks. And then maybe like a genuine act of service, like how can I make this person's life better to like, hey, I want this person to really like me. Yeah. Or I, I want this person to see this version mm-hmm. of me. How do you think someone is able to tell the difference if they are on the receiving end? Oh, oh um, I'd say the biggest catalyst is time. So if the relationship is brand new, if you're, because we didn't, like, babe, we didn't date. Like, we didn't live in the same city and go out on three or four dates. We were like, we got to do this now. And I mean, fuck it. I mean, it, here we are. It seemed to work out. <laughs> Today, I'm good. I'm good too. We say this all the time, like, still working for you? Yeah, rent's due every day. And um, uh, so, fuck, what, what were you saying? I said, about? like, how can you differentiate between love bombing and... Probably if it happens too soon, because in that relationship, it was like within, uh, and what we saw was like these huge acts. Yeah. The flowers all over the room or something, it's too much. So these huge acts where it kind of makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's it, where you listen to your internal mm-hmm. your internal barometer and it's like, oh, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Or it's like, oh, I can't really reciprocate this. That might be one too. Where it's like, ah, I, or I don't feel comfortable reciprocating this, even if I could. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable sending you, uh, I don't know, 15 different uh, floral arrangements to your office when you had one it's too much it's like a display of it's for other people too where it's like this isn't for you this is like for everyone to see this is what i can do you know getting you a necklace getting you a a multi-thousand dollar necklace or whatever yeah no i like like, oh are you wearing it you're wearing that necklace shit like that I like that one. Yeah. I like, so I like the, is it for others? Oh, and then if there's not like, if there's not a, hey, are we boyfriend and girlfriend now? Mm. Like, hey, are we engaged now? Hey, are we married now? If it's still kind of like, we haven't even had the conversation, are we seeing each other exclusively? Mm-hmm. That's not a time for gifts for either person. Because then it's like, it's almost like buying affection. Or buying love. Yeah, what are you trying to buy? Yeah. With you, I was trying to buy more time with you. Mm. Yeah, that that was the thing. I was like, holy, I just want to spend more time. After coffee, honey, like breakfast and coffee, and then having the pit in my stomach 
leaving that hotel being like she's in there somewhere this doesn't feel right me driving away versus the 99 percent of the other women where it's like i gotta get the fuck out of here like i gotta go do my stuff and like listen to my music and fart in the car i i just needed to know where you were and that was the that was the precursor of love of genuine deep love Yeah, so I needed more time. Yeah. Like I would have, I would have driven right back down. If you said no, I can't do that. Maybe I don't know. But if you said no, I can't do that. I'm. Fuck. Like I'm leaving tomorrow, or I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I probably would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't you might have. I think I don't you might have. Or it's like we meet in Texas. But I like I had to spend more time with you, and. Thank Christ that you had a couple of days after your conference that you already had planned to spend in California. Yeah, I was buying getting to know you. That's what I was purchasing. And also, I know what, like, what a lover you were, just right off the bat. I mean, you're putting up all-star numbers just right off the bat, honey. Holy shit. And that's not a one-sided street, though. Holy shit. What a dynamic. Holy shit. Partnered sex takes two people, right? And I think our sex only speaks to one piece of the work we had done on ourselves. Like, hey, gentle audience, I had done all the work that I now teach. But it was like, I can't wait to hear more about this person. and, Mm -hmm. And I want her on top of my body and face. So those two things, like that blend, you fight for that blend. I love the buying more time, right? Because I don't think that, yes, you used... I didn't send you a bunch of flowers in your conference. Right, to like show... Everybody else that you have a quarter. No. Quarter? quarter. Yeah. You're being courted. Yeah, no, you didn't do that at no, all. In fact, that, people that, were like, why is this weird. so private? And it was like, weird. well, because this isn't about... Yeah, it's none of your business. ...all of you. Yeah. I'm, very, is... I'm a very private person. <laughs> Ironically. Oh, the irony. I remember when we first started this, even in the ones that will never see the light of day. Yeah, I was just so confused. Like, you're such a private person. Why are we even doing this? Now I know why. Yeah, because it's a great funnel for you. And it's and, fun. And we I love mean, I have, to do like, it. I have fun doing this, and, and it's a great. It's no, it is. It's just objectively, phenomenal. it's 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 wonderful for us to like share hard conversations, mm-hmm. and ho- you know what it is. It's so hopefully other people take away things that they can use in their own relationship mm-hmm. or their own life. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's to help, and then it's to. It's fun. Like it's we get excited about it. Oh my gosh! Point. I mean, that's that was us last night. Yeah. Emergency pod. I the other thing you said that I just want to wrap up, like put a button in it, is this concept of it. Nothing was done to hide anything, and it is so important. Like I'm trying to think if somebody was sitting in a chair across from me in my office, what I would be telling them. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said listening to your intuition and to your gut the entire time is so important. Mm. I think that that is probably still there. I was feeling it. A thing I tell clients all the time is check the fluids in your body. 
sounds silly, but oftentimes the saliva will dry up in our mouths when we are not comfortable in the presence of someone. And when I was dating that other guy, my mouth was always dry, always. And when I am with you and when I am speaking my truth and seated in my truth, I there's just more fluidity in my body. There's a comfort in my body. Your body has signs. Everybody's body does. They're different. I bet everybody, if they took a minute to journal down how they feel when they feel wonderful and how they feel when they feel anxious or scared or uncertain, there are things. There are things. Check in with that. I'll, I'll tell a client to think of, and some of this is from you, your attraction to the person before you were with them, right? Write that down. What was it about? How did you feel? What was your excitement level? All these types of things. Then do a check-in mid-date with someone. How is my nervous system right now? Am I present in my body? Do I feel a mind-body connection? Do I feel like I am trying to impress them in this moment, right? So if somebody is taking you out to a fancy dinner, are you feeling indebted to this person the whole time, right? Ooh, I better sit like this so I look like a present to them. I better mind my manners. I better defer to them. Or or we am I expressing myself? Am I being myself? Yeah. Which for me would be like loud and inquisitive and comfy and yeah. chatty with servers. Like, am I in me? Because at the end of the day, nobody buys me. People can treat me to something, but they're not like purchasing time with me. That's not how this works. So a check-in mid-date, then a check-in after date. How does my nervous system feel now? Do I almost feel relieved? It, did the fluids return to my yeah, mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I, do I still like myself? Do I know this person more? Did my attraction level grow to their intellect, to their heart, to their kindness? Not just... Did it feel good to be treated to a meal? That should feel good. Enjoy that. Don't don't not enjoy that. Savor it. Be thankful for the gift. Luxuriate in the gift. But it's not everything. Money, yes, I would love to say it is like guaranteed we have it. But it, it's not. We should hopefully enjoy this person in front of us for who they are as a person too. From our very first conversation on the phone, I felt like I could be <clears throat> free my freest, truest version of yeah. myself. I didn't need to put on anything. No, like... And that's why I had to meet you. Uh -huh. I had to drive two hours to meet you. It was one of the reasons why I had to meet you too. Yeah, you sent me some podcasts that you do just for buddies. Um, and it's crass and it's appropriate. And my nervous system was like... <sighs> um, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I've never really thought about this, but maybe it comes from like a decade of being married to someone who was, yeah, not being authentic. Mm. And yeah, I could just like, I could feel the authenticity like oozing off of you. Like, yeah, you took me out. You did all these things. You also wore like comfy clothes. Like yeah. you didn't, you wore what you were comfortable in. Yeah. Yeah. It was not showy yes you wrote down the directions to the nolan and memorized them so that you could walk me there without looking at a phone but it wasn't didn't memorize them i just wrote them down you never checked your list hey authenticity okay i checked the list you did yeah. when i would like turn around yeah i said hey look over there <laughs> she's so easily fooled ah. there she is you're gonna get it down 
Is that what you're doing? No, no, no. I just, I wanted you to look over there. No, uh uh-uh. I didn't. Look at that. People. This is day how many of knowing each other? Uh, two. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after that picture, she's holding up a photo of us kissing at the uh, five-star hotel. And after that picture, we went upstairs. And I snapped my fingers. Or she snapped her fingers. This is my kink. And she goes, intercourse now. And I go, and I salute stealing valor. It's so funny. I'm listening to a book about how say, yes, ma'am. 82% of people with vulvas do not come from intercourse. Um, and I think that is also what sets you apart is that this sex educator knew, knew what the clitoris likes and no, you didn't just get me to a hotel room and stick a penis in it. You knew exactly what you were doing and you asked a lot of questions and gave me all the things that were not penetrative intercourse. Like, it's not the thing that vulva's like. It's not the thing that clitoris is like. And sure, we could laugh and joke about it, but it it means something. Folks, do your homework. It's the only thing I haven't monetized yet, babe. And, and on that note... Wait, but in essence, you have. We talk about it on here and then... I get clients from this podcast. And no, then... my, my sexual prowess. It's the only thing. Rawr, I'll give you fuck. I'll give you two and a half minutes of just hard sex. This is getting off the rails. Thank Are we good? Thank you for having this conversation with me. 45 seconds of the best sex ever. 45 seconds of the best sex ever. Uh, stop. I'll stop. I apologize. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Great. As great. Probably pod. more than the day we said I love you at this place. Yeah, 100%. And yet... We've seen each other's ugly. Yeah. We've come to resolutions. We've said sorry a lot to each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. We've meant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've kept our attraction high. We've, we've, uh, we've dated each other. We've courted each other. We've surprised each other. We've love-bombed each other. And um, yeah, love you more now than... I'm, I'm just so excited. When you get too. like 50. Yeah. Like oh, a- God. Let's go, babe. 55. Mm. Okay. Okay. Love you the most. Thanks for doing this emergency pod with me. Yeah. What a sacrifice. Okay. Bye. Bye.